0: Welcome to Communicating Climate Change, a podcast dedicated to helping you do exactly that. I'm Dickon, and I'll be your host as we dig deep into the best practices and the worst offences, always looking for ways to help you and me improve our abilities to engage, empower, and ultimately activate audiences on climate-related issues. This episode features a conversation with author and entrepreneur Georgina Wilson-Powell. It was recorded in March 2023. A consumer-focused sustainability expert with 20 years of experience from the media industry, Georgina is on a mission to make sustainable choices the norm. Georgina's accolades include founding Pebble, the UK's leading sustainable living magazine, as well as launching her own eco-festival and creating a purpose-led online community around it. Her first book, Is It Really Green? Eco Dilemmas Answered, reached the top of the Amazon bestseller charts, whilst her new book, 365 Ways to Save the Planet, which formed the basis of our conversation, has just become available. Link in the show notes. Amongst other things, our discussion delved into the value of actions taken at the individual scale, the benefits of encouraging small shifts in behaviour rather than enormous ones, and the pressing need for a broad, inclusive approach to talking about and acting on climate change. So, let's get on with it. This is Communicating Climate Change with Georgina Wilson-Powell. Hey.
1: Hi.
0: <laughs> nice to meet you. I'm Dickon.
1: <laughs> nice to meet you, Dickon.
0: <laughs> Thanks so much for uh, agreeing to chat to me about your book, as some of the questions we'll kind of get to. I think it's a fantastic opportunity to sort of start a load of conversations.
1: I have it here. See?
0: Oh, lovely stuff. So I've got this list of questions, but if we end up down a different uh, route for any reason, I'm also totally okay with that. Um, but I'll just jump in with the first one, which is nice and big and broad. From your perspective, How can communication contribute to mitigating the worst effects of climate change in the first
1: place? Communication, I think, is absolutely key. Um, Communication ultimately is is how we learn and how we share and how we talk about things. And that can mean the press, it can mean podcasts, it can mean talking to friends, um, getting into different networks. And I think at the moment, there's a lot of people feeling very overwhelmed and quite scared and quite frustrated and lots of negative emotions. Um, and I think actually one way we can combat that is through communication and sharing knowledge, um, educating people, and also sharing the, the positive news and the positive stories that are there. There is There are things that are going well, um, harder to find. Um, but ultimately, that's how we lift people up. And that's how we inspire people to make change and give people hope is through that communication, which is why I think it's so key that it's not all doom and gloom and it's not all scary pointy fingery you know judgment um, it's got to be inclusive it's got to feel accessible it's got to be friendly and actionable um, to to encourage us to take action which is what we need to do
0: I mean this leads on to the next question which is what led you to write the book um, I don't know if maybe you've already given that away but if there's more to uh, elaborate on I'd love to hear it
1: sure so um my background's always been in media. I've I've been a journalist and editor for twenty years. I ran Pebble magazine for five years, which was all about sustainable living and very much on the sort of positive storytelling sort of angle. And over the last few years I've just sort of noticed that the same tips keep coming up, or the same hacks, or you know, things that aren't rocket science but that can fundamentally change our carbon emissions um, as consumers and individuals. And they're sort of scattered all over the internet and some of them work and some of them don't. And it's quite complicated to figure out what you're going to do first and what makes the biggest difference for you. So I wanted to have a book where anyone in any situation um, and the book's available all over the world. So anywhere in the world could start anywhere in the book and just feel like, okay, I'm just going to focus on this one thing today and tomorrow I'm going to focus on something else and it builds and builds and builds. Because I think for a lot of us, the words like climate change and sustainability and these these very big topics they're quite hard to get into in terms of like we're all struggling financially we're all struggling with our time our stress levels like what does it actually mean to reduce our carbon emissions how do we do it how do we do it in a way that that works um so that's really where it was sort of coming from and I wrote a book a couple of years ago called "Is It Really Green," which was very much focused on like what are the problems and what are the very top line solutions and where we're we going a bit wrong in, you know, thinking the solution is one thing and actually it's another. So this book is as a sort of partner to that. It's very much focused on the individual actions that people can take, but with the full knowledge that it's not just down to us. It shouldn't just be down to us. I know there's a lot of people saying it, it shouldn't all be on consumers. Um and I agree with that but we still have to make change regardless of whether we think it's fair or right or not
0: <laughs> yeah, I think there's always a I mean that's obviously something that comes up time and time again that it's systemic change not individual change but that doesn't kind of write off our uh, obligation to make conscientious decisions about what we do and how we live our lives
1: we still we still need to change <laughs> we, we need change at every level because you know, whether we mean to or not, we we are all over consuming um, without thinking, you know, it's the way we've been brought up. It's the way that our society is run. So, yes, we st- we definitely need systematic change, but it doesn't negate what we need to do as individuals.
0: When it comes to getting people started, um, do you think that there are specific benefits in encouraging them to start small, perhaps, or, or start with things that are, I guess, the low hanging fruit?
1: This came up actually on a talk I did the other day of like, what's the point of starting small? But actually we all work, you know, the way the human brain works is, is we like to do things that give us benefits. We like to do things that give us dopamine hits. And when we can tick stuff off, it gives us that hit and we want to do more. So I think, you know, starting small, knowing that it's not the be all and end all and you're going to hopefully ladder up to bigger, bigger and bigger changes. Um, it gives us that sense of achievement. It gives us that sense of hope. It shows us what we can do. Um, And again, when people are overwhelmed at like, oh my God, I've got to change everything. Well, you don't. You have to change a few things at a time. And we all have completely different lives. We all have different home setups. We all have different family makeups. There are going to be different low-hanging fruits for everybody. Um, So what the book tries to do, and what I always try and do is get away from this idea that everybody has to do the same action because we're not in competition with each other. It isn't like a race to the finish. Um, you know, there's going to be different pain points for everybody. So I think it's about like looking at what your individual situation is. And then, yeah, ticking off the easy stuff and then working your way up.
0: Yeah, I love it. I It makes me think of, um, I'm sure you probably have read Cialdini Influence at some point along the way. And in that he talks about consistency, maybe if I'm the kind of person who takes public transport instead of driving to work, what are the other things that I'm likely to do? Well, if I'm that kind of person, maybe I'm also the kind of person who doesn't eat that much meat during the week, you know, so it starts, starts chipping away at at uh, a new identity, I suppose.
1: Definitely. And it can be scary, you know, shedding old identities and picking up new ones. And I think there's lots of tips and hacks in the book that sort of ask you to talk to friends and family or ask you to get involved in different networks or like, Try and combat that idea that we're all, we're all struggling with this and we're struggling alone. You know, we work better sometimes as communities of could be two, could be four, could be twenty. Um, and I think you pick up those normalisation cues from other people as well, which make it easier. Um, and I like to sort of um, compare it to you know, like going on a diet. You know, if you do a crash diet and take everything away it never lasts and um, we've all done it and put the weight back on when you do it again or whatever but this if you make those sort of long-lasting lifestyle changes which is kind of what we're talking about then hopefully they stick a bit more and we can kind of build on them
0: What are the lowest hanging fruit presented in the book? Um, and, and then the kind of counterpoint to that is what are the most advanced acts, in your opinion, um, that those already quite deep into their uh, impact reduction journey might want to tackle?
1: So for me, I think the, always the low hanging fruits are around food and around fashion, um, partly because we all eat and we all wear clothes. Um, so you can talk on a sort of global scale and the volume of the food that we eat and the volume of the clothes that we buy have a massive impact, um, on, on the world in general. So those are two areas I think that everybody can work on and also work on wherever you are in that, in that journey. There are also two areas that I think done, you know, when I say, right, I mean, you know, done well, they can save you money, which is, you know, this book was written during cost living crisis that's still going on. So there is a lens of like trying to save as much money as possible and not, not sort of, Champion too many things that are going to cost more money, um, and I think the food and the fashion areas again should save people money. So, you know, having like buy nothing months um, in terms of fashion, trying to find sort of sec- thinking about secondhand first, selling on your own clothes and um, to keep them out of landfill. You know, they're all things that don't require you to spend more um and with food I think someone's already done a statistic which was really nice which is like 20, 20 I think it was just over 20% of the tips are sort of food related in the book because it's such a big issue for us for everything from like I said food waste overconsumption, supporting industrial agriculture there's so many ways we can bring that down um so you know from you know using your freezer effectively to meal planning to making your own condiments to there's there's all sorts of things the the book goes quite sort of crafty DIY in places um because I think that's that's also a way to get people involved you don't have to wave a big green flag for people to enjoy the book and to try out a lot of the a lot of the things Often people are sort of saying, "Well, how do you get people involved in sustainability? are not bothered about it." And it's like, "Well, often money is the trigger. You know, can we save money? Okay, more people are interested. Can we save time? More people are interested. So it the Earth doesn't care how we get there in terms of like bringing down our carbon, as long as we do. So there's lots of routes into activities that have the same outcome, but you don't need to sort of bang people over the head with a sort of XR placard."
0: And then the the other part of that question was what are the most advanced um, acts?
1: So there's a few suggestions around people's finances, um, which aren't particularly complicated, but can require inquiring where your pensions are um, invested, you know, moving any savings that you've got into sort of um, greener banking um, and sort of looking at ESG um, capabilities if you've got, you know, if you're lucky enough to have uh, funds to invest. Um, And I think some of the ones that might push people slightly out of their comfort zone are are things like getting involved in local groups, community groups, you know, finding your local community garden, um, you know, trying to sort of enable people in that, in that very local way, because I feel like that's a place where, you know, if you're feeling overwhelmed at the global or national level of things, then actually, you know, becoming more active in our, in our own local areas is something that I think is very doable for people. We just need to get over that reserve of of joining in. (laughs) Um, So yeah, hopefully people will think about it.
0: Yeah, lovely. I mean, they're really, really good ones. Joining organisations and communities is easily far and away the best stuff that I've done in the last few years.
1: That's it. And I think it's trying to get people to think about like not everyone has to lead an organisation. Not everyone has to start their own thing. There are plenty of organisations now you know, from plastic free communities to like post COVID kind of WhatsApp groups kind of things. And everyone has skills that they can bring and not everyone has to be the same role. So it could be that you make cake for the people that are doing the work. It could be that your skills are finances and and helping people budget. It We don't all have to be like frontline kind of visible um, activists.
0: I'm sure that brings a lot of comfort to some people also that you don't have to be like uh, air quotes influencer
1: but we are all to challenge that we are all influencers and we don't live in like you know vacuum bubbles we we all have friends and you know lucky enough to have families or you know we all are part of networks we're employees or we're business owners and I think you know it's it's very misleading to say that you know what can one person do I always think the opposite one person can have a huge amount of impact on the people around them um and we need, to, we need to celebrate that and remember it
0: yeah absolutely eat my own words there <laughs> i mean i i had in mind the influencer of instagram but it's lovely to to flip that on its head and sort of say to have an impact probably better off just influencing ones around you at a much deeper level
1: I'd say, i mean word of mouth and like personal recommendations are, are hands down the most effective like marketing if you like anyone could wish for and i think again just trying to to instill in people that we're not helpless or we're not what can i do you know it's like well actually you can do lots um without spending any money as well so i think you know trying to get people to remember that we're not just your value isn't just like what you can buy as a consumer your value is 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 you
0: do you think the importance is of providing people with concrete actions to take rather than just focusing on the bigger picture of educating people about climate change and raising their concern about it more generally
1: so i think it's really important actually and it's a really good point um i'm very much i've always been very much on the consumer side of things and sort of even when i've been working on other magazines and stuff seeing my role as like championing what a consumer wants to to know and wants to learn um and i think we all get very you know it's easy to get put off by the big figures and the like you know the ipcc report that's just come out or whatever other reports you know preceded it when climate change is such a big topic and there's so many ways in and there are so many problems and there's not just one solution we all want to know what we can do and we need to be told in a way because not everyone has the time and bandwidth to go and figure it out on their own. Um, so I think having, you know, not just, not just my book, but lots of books of giving people really concrete actions is, is super important because we also are up against a time limit, which is being made more and more clear. Um, so we just need people to skip to the end. <laughs> Essentially, you know, follow the actions, just do this. Um we don't really have time for everyone to start from scratch.
0: What kinds of conversations I wonder have the 365 acts in the book already spurred amongst your peers, your family members, uh, whoever?
1: Um, so I've had some really nice feedback um, on social media, which is, you know, people are saying, you know, it's a really good book to have in like shared spaces, like co-working spaces, like hairdressers. Um, one... Hair care brand is quite interested in putting it in all their hairdressers, which should be really interesting. um And again, someone was someone tagged me into a really nice bit of feedback again around all the different food actions in the book because it's such a universal way that we can all get involved. And I think people will be surprised at the hopefully the level of things they don't know as well in in a way because the book has such a wide range of things to try and to swap. But then also each action is backed up by. Uh, a, a carbon fact, so you can see your personal impact in the bigger problem if you swap or change or you know moderate your behaviour, um, and hopefully those will are really good sort of conversation starters because I think quite a lot of the statistics are quite surprising, um, and I, you know I, I think that's while we don't want to bombard people with with statistics, I think one or two can always be quite a good way in to starting those conversations. Um, yeah, I've had quite a lot of people come back to me and go, oh, I didn't know X. You know, I'm going to go and make a change because I found out about this, which is brilliant.
0: Definitely. Actually, I'm going to use this opportunity to try something out. Why don't we do a lucky dip? Mm. Okay. Um, if you, I know you have the book there. If you just open it on a random page, maybe we can try it two or three times and see what we, we land on.
1: Um, so 191 have just opened, and it's Give Gleaning A Go, so for people who don't know what gleaning is, it's basically working with farms to um, pick up and take away any like, surface fruit and veg that the, that the supermarkets don't want. So essentially free food. Um, and there are gleaning networks all over the UK. Um, so that's, that's a really nice one. Um, and the impact against it is 15% of the food from farms is wasted before it even leaves the gate. Um, so you can sort of combat that 15%.
0: Shocking. And free food. Everyone loves that. Let's try another one. I love this.
1: Um, Okay, 85. Stream consciously. So lots of people don't realise that when we stream music or films or anything, we're actually using quite a lot of data, and that data has a carbon impact. So it's actually much better for the environment um, and to bring down our reliance on those big data centres that we're we're reading quite a lot about at the moment um, to actually download what you want rather than stream. Um, And you can save 55 grams of CO2 by downloading rather than streaming a TV show.
0: Wow. I wonder what the stats are for podcasts.
1: Well, uh, an hour Zoom video is about a kilogram of carbon. So obviously, the more visuals you have, the higher it is. Um, So podcasts should be relatively low carbon, but still download rather than stream.
0: Still, it's going to send me down a research rabbit hole to find out what the impact of doing this is. All right, should we do one more?
1: Okay. Um, hang on. Let's try one at the end. Okay, yeah, this is a, diff- a slightly different take on things. Um, so could you be a crowdfunder and actually could you use things like microfinancing um, to actually support uh, either you know, campaigns in the developing world or microfinancing like female entrepreneurs? You don't have to have lots and lots of investments or lots and lots of money in the bank to fund a better world.
0: Yeah, I guess oftentimes the focus is on... Uh carbon footprint and things like that but that seems like more of a climate justice angle yeah
1: so trying to think about like what what levers can we all pull to to help other people um create better world as well
0: you for humoring me on the lucky dip that was great so then we're on to just kind of two last uh i suppose for want of a better name quickfire questions um the first one is what's the single most important aspect of communication that we should be paying attention to in our communications endeavors
1: i actually think it's inclusivity um at the moment because i think a, we need everybody at every stage to be making change. And there's lots of people left out of the debate and the conversation, whether that's because they don't feel it's for them or whether, you know, sustainability can be a quite a white middle-class endeavour. Um, and we definitely need diverse voices from every angle um, to broaden the horizons. And I think people need to feel included because we we ultimately all have, as a society, have to change and we can't leave people out of that. Um so yeah, for me, it's, it's making sure that our communications feel like they're for everybody.
0: And the last one is, what's the biggest mistake you see communicators make when attempting to engage the public on climate change issues?
1: I think everyone's sort of repeating the same thing. Um, and also, I see it a lot, this kind of, um, it, it's almost turned into a competition, especially in the zero waste sort of movement that was really big a couple of years ago, you know, you people competing to get their trash into a tiny jar. Um, and sort of almost like, you know, there's almost a sort of competitiveness amongst influencers to be the most green and the most sustainable and things like that. It's just a nonsense. So I think, yeah, getting getting rid of our egos <laughs> would be good.
0: <laughs> That's nice. I read a lot of uh, research about specifically male attitudes to sustainability. And if you create, competition out of it men will outperform anyone else (laughs) generally women are making more conscientious decisions make more sustainable choices and men are laggards but as soon as it's competition they will outperform the base level for for women's choices too
1: that's using competition then for a good for for good yeah and i think that also goes back into that inclusivity thing isn't it like men are lagging behind in the in the sustainability conversations so yeah, whatever we can do to get people interested. Like, whatever, like, you know, going back to that levers idea, whatever buttons we can press to get people to change their behaviours. Making sure there's ways that everybody feels they can be part of the conversation. We need everybody. And I think we've got to recognise that we have to talk to different people in different ways. Um, but the overall message has to be one of, like, we will do it together.
0: It was wonderful to talk to Georgina. She had such an optimistic vibe that really rubbed off on me. I hope... You caught some of that too. But what stuck with you with this conversation? What can you take from it and apply to your own practice? For me, the big one was that some deeper reflection is needed as I continue to schedule interviews for this podcast series. Who am I talking to? What perspectives do they bring? Who is being left out? Then, I really loved the idea of having a catalyst for climate conversations in public spaces. So, what spaces do I have access to where I could leave a book, or a poster, or something else to get people talking to one another about climate change? So those are the things that I'll be keeping in mind. But how about you? What will you be taking with you into your work? Thanks to Georgina Wilson-Powell for sharing her time and enthusiasm with the show. You can find links to Georgina's books, as well as some other useful resources, down in the show notes. Thanks also to you for listening to Communicating Climate Change. You can find more episodes wherever you get your podcasts, or by subscribing so you never miss out. Remember, each and every episode attempts to add to our toolkit to help us develop the skills and expertise that we'll need for this unprecedented task. So be sure to stay tuned for more. For anything else, just head over to communicatingclimatechange.com. Until next time, take care.